0: welcome to is it my time this is for the person asking is it too late to make a difference too late to make a change up to this point a major part of your identity has been as john's wife or sarah's mom or even that go-to person at work the one you can get a job or a task to and they'll get it done in the job description or not but something's happened and there is now some time or space in your daily life time that allows you to hear that voice you've kept quiet staying busy with everyone and everything else the voice is asking is this all there is is it too late to do something else be something else is there more to me or this life we will answer those questions and more but first we have to build a firm foundation that is necessary to support anything you wish to build or establish the most solid foundation out there is one built on truth god's truth he created you He gifted you, and He has plans for you. Absorbing God's word and love for you will help establish that solid foundation. Grounding yourself in your identity in Christ will make you formidable and capable of achieving anything. Welcome to episode 33. We're going to call this one, You Don't Know My Story. That doesn't really apply to me. Because hello, my friend. I can hear those words as you say them to yourself. I once said them to my own self. We all want to categorize our brokenness. Mine's worse than yours, but maybe not bad as hers. I'm definitely more broken than you think I am, probably too far gone for anything you talked about last week. That was just for the folks a little broken, maybe cracked here and there, but not shattered like me. I'm here to tell you you're wrong. Thank God we're all wrong when we think those thoughts. There's a quote I found one day that I like to remind myself of when these negative little creeps try to sneak in the back door. Your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. Now, when I was looking up someone to credit that with, uh, it gives Jerry Bridges credit for that quote. When I first found it, I found no such author. So, it may or may not be Jerry Bridges. I apologize if I have uh, misquoted someone else. I would venture to say that quote was possibly based on Scripture. I've only ever seen the quote out of context, so that would be an assumption on my part. One possibility could be 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12-17. through 17. Uh, It's also called the Lord's grace to Paul. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example of those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Those are Paul's own words, and he is telling us he is never, neither are we, beyond the reach of God's grace. The next possibility could be Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 7. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. This Jeremiah quote often used as a consolation to say, you are never too far to come back home. Now, if you are a relatively new reader of the Bible, or it has been a while since you've read the whole thing or read some of the stories, let me assure you, there is a lot of fallen humanity featured in those pages. There were murderers, adulterers, thieves, tricksters, and prideful people, and those were from the faithful crowd. The ones God still used for His purpose, whom He redeemed, whom He loved. This episode we will discuss a few examples and next week we'll wrap up with two biggies from the New Testament. Let's start in the Old Testament with Sarah. She was the faithful wife of Abraham. She was married to him when God first told him that he was his choice to father a new nation, God's chosen people. He would have a son with Sarah and all he, Abraham, had to do was move. Go away from his home and move to a new land under God's guidance. And to their credit, they obeyed. They got up and left obediently, beginning their travels, despite not knowing where they would land. Now, having been that obedient from the get-go, you wouldn't think that going along with the rest of his plan would have been difficult. And yet it was. Sarah had age battling against her, as well as the fact that she had never borne her husband a child. It's now been years since that initial promise, and her humanity got in the way. Maybe it was pride, or impatience, or a need to feel partially in control of the situation, but Sarah told Abraham he needed to sleep with her servant and bear them a child through her, using her as a surrogate mom in today's terms. Now, I don't know if Sarah thought this all the way through, or if she just didn't think it would turn out badly, but it did. Again, because of human weakness, emotional stress and burdens, jealousies, and anger. Sitting here on the outside looking in, we can see the problems that would crop up before the plan even hatched, but they were too close to the issue. Abraham agreed to Sarah's plan and slept with her servant, Hagar. Hagar bore him a son, and Abraham loved his son. This is where you might get confused about Sarah. Did she think that Hagar would be gone after the birth and not a factor? Did she think that she was above jealousy, especially since she orchestrated the events? Who knows? God made a covenant with Abraham and told him the nation would come from his son with Sarah, not Hagar. Abraham asked for a blessing for his current son, which was granted, but God made it clear the covenant would come to fruition through his son with Sarah. In Genesis 21, you'll see where the situation falls apart. Sarah births her son, but as he gets older, her jealousy of Hagar and the other child become too much to bear, and she demanded Abraham send away Hagar and her child. Now, he was distressed by the demand, but he did it. We can take some consolation that God assured him that the boy and his mother would be okay. Now, God could have taken back his promise because of their poor behavior and failure to follow and obey him as he commanded, but he didn't. Because one... We can count on God to keep His promises. He is faithful based on His character, not our obedience or lack thereof. And two, we can also count on His love and forgiveness. He knows our hearts, our frailties, and loves us and redeems us despite ourselves. We've previously discussed King David as well. He was known as a man after God's own heart. This was after his whoppers of adultery and murder. He repented of his sins and was forgiven. Now let's talk about a man who garnered a different moniker with his name. He's from the New Testament. He was the disciple Thomas, known to all as Doubting Thomas. How would you like that title for all eternity? I don't think I would, but I would like to thank him for being brave enough to voice or question what was probably on the minds of several people, not just his own. His example shows me that God has no problem with me having doubts or questions as long as I am coming to him or his word for the answers. I mean, if Thomas, who walked with Jesus, witnessed his miracles and acknowledged he was Christ, if he could have doubts after Jesus was crucified and wanted proof of his resurrection personally, which was granted, then I am sure God can handle my doubts and questions as they arise from time to time. Again, I just have to make sure I am seeking my answers from His Word, His truth. As you can see, these people were broken people too, but not so broken they couldn't be redeemed or used in God's plan. Next week, we'll take two more examples from the New Testament. Until then, may your studies be fruitful. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Next time, we'll check in and see what progress we've made. I'll share a few of my favorite scriptures, and I'd love to share any you found helpful. You can share those in a review of this podcast or over in my podcast community on Facebook. I'll drop a link in the show notes. I'll read some of those reviews or posts and share about the scriptures you've written about. Until next time, happy reading.